Hey everybody, you're listening to Orla's Happy Hormones podcast, talking all things female health and wellness. I'm Orla O'Flaherty, a certified naturopath and herbalist, and I'm here to talk about everything from periods, hormones, fertility, health, sex, energies, self-awareness, and just life in general. Here's to happy hormones and a happy you. Hey, and welcome to episode 55 of Orla's Happy Hormones podcast. And we are two months in lockdown. It's the weirdest feeling ever. I was thinking of it this morning. I was like, wow, two months. It's gone pretty fast, thankfully. And we're going to be heading into our phase out stage. Well, the first phase of our phase out stage soon, thankfully. I'm looking forward to things opening up again and seeing people and seeing friends and yes, it's going to be a new normal, but still getting back to some form of normality. But it is hard to believe that it has been two months. I found myself asking, is at the beginning of this year, did I ever expect this to happen? And I know nobody did. And I know we all had different plans for 2020. And for me, 2020 was going to be my yes year. It was going to be my year to say yes to everything. And that kind of got thrown for a loop. But I've been saying yes to other things. Things at work and just moving my career forward. And saying yes to myself, really. Saying yes to the days when I need to rest and saying yes to going out, trying new things, sea swimming, dancing, doing online dance classes, different things. So we can still, we can still have adventure, even though we are within a five kilometer radius of our home, but we can still make life somewhat exciting. But that's the lockdown update for you for this week. <laughs> and this week I've had a lot of questions in from women wondering about you know, fertility and age. So I, I wanted to focus on that because it is something that used to really affect me emotionally. I used to have a lot of fear around fertility and especially with my age. Like, I'm 33 now, and I remember for my, I did another podcast around the time of my birthday, and the topic of it was, am I where I wanted to be at 33? And looking back to when I was younger, like, I had always planned on being married, having kids by the age of, like, my mid-twenties, and that didn't pan out. And during my 20s, because I never reached those personal goals, I always, I had fear then around having kids. And I was constantly putting a timeline on myself. I was always like, right, I need to start getting serious and start settling down if I want to have kids. Am I going to be able to have kids I have gyne- gynecological problems and I was always worried 
like am I even going to be able to conceive am I going to be able to carry a baby is it is it going to work out for me so in my head I was always I, I need to be on this early and I need to be on this fast because of the biological clock and now that I'm 33 that fear has dissipated which for a lot of you might be thinking how is that dissipated when you're only getting older because I've done a lot of work on myself and knowing that timing is everything and also knowing that I can't control everything there are so many different factors out there that I have zero control over one in particular one real common mindset or mind frame that I see in a lot of women now like single women who are in their 30s is oh my god we're in quarantine we're we're missing another year of dating we're missing that time to meet someone to build a relationship to get pregnant and the end goal of it for a lot of women in their 30s is to get pregnant and because we're in quarantine social distancing we're not allowed to be meeting up with people there's a lot of fear around that lost time and time moving on and people getting older and it's understandable but once you realize that you can't control that and this is something that you do have to surrender to and that there are other things that you can focus on during this time as in looking at yourself bettering yourself those factors of not being allowed to actually meet someone physically and have physical contact i.e sex those factors you can't control but there are other things that you can control so yourself so looking at why it is you have such a fear around the aging process all depending on how old you are listening to this I know I have women in their early 20s, mid 20s, late 20s, same in their 30s and 40s. But as a woman in her, am I still classed in my early 30s when I'm 33? Moving towards mid 30s? I'm not sure. Um, But being 33, I understand where women are coming from with these fears. So I'm hoping that I can give you a bit of peace of mind with this week's podcast so this week I'm just going through that whole fear around your biological clock and what it is that you can do right now what it is that's in your control right now what you can do to help your own body and your mindset mindset first thing letting go surrender once you do that you'll get a that sense of peace and the next thing you can do is put plans in place to get your body healthy. Like healthy eggs are really the foundation for conception. Healthy eggs and healthy hormones. So with fertility, it's different for men and women. Men can, ma- men produce sperm right up until their dying day. And women, it is somewhat different. We are born with all of our egg-containing follicles. And at birth, it's usually about one million. And straight away, it starts to decline. So 
by puberty, it would have declined possibly down to roughly around 300,000 egg-containing follicles. And out of these 300,000 follicles, or egg-containing follicles, roughly only about 300 of them you'll actually ovulate. So although we have a fixed number of eggs, the quality of those eggs aren't actually fixed or isn't fixed. Egg quality is a matter of loads of different factors. So we're looking at overall lifestyle. So from the food that you, yeah, the food that you're eating, the exercise that you do, what sort of stress your body is under, physically, emotionally, mentally, and also environmental factors. These all play a huge role in the quality of our eggs. So if you are someone who is worried about conception and the decline of your of your eggs, look then at making sure that the quality of your eggs are good. So the first thing to look at is food. And I know I always harp on about it, but food is so important because food is what is feeding our bodies. It's what's giving us vitamins and minerals and it's what's either healing us or harming us. When it comes to age and egg quality, really what we're looking at is trying to reduce the degeneration process. So for women, when we are in our late 20s, that's when our hormones, late 20s to early 30s, our hormones will start to decline. And early 30s, so 30 to 35, the hormone levels have started to decline, but our egg quantity is also fast declining, but then the egg quality is declining. So from the ages of 35 onwards, this process is speeds up. It's the natural aging process of the body. So what we're looking at is reducing down oxidative stress on the tissues, on our cells. Now, what is oxidative oxidative stress? Oxidative oxidative stress is the degeneration of cells due to oxidization. And this is caused from free radical damage. And free radicals are found in processed foods, inflammatory causing foods, MSGs, GMOs, a lot of environmental toxins, a lot of endocrine disruptors. They're really, they're all around us. But it, free radicals are also developed through stress on the body internally, like emotional and mental stress. So what we're looking at is a diet rich in antioxidants because antioxidants are going to repair and regenerate cells and tissues. And when we're thinking of our ovaries and our eggs, these are still cells and tissues. So foods rich in antioxidants, the likes of all your dark blueberries or dark berries, blueberries, blackberries, and then beetroot, any of that purple and blue kinds of foods like red cabbage, red onions, they contain what's known as oligomeric proanthocyanidins, which is one of the highest antioxidants out there. 
Then the likes of curcumin. Curcumin, which is found in turmeric, again, a really high antioxidant-rich compound. These are going to help repair and rejuvenate the cells within the body. Then we're also looking at what types of foods that you are eating and what types of foods that are really important. Excuse me, what foods are really important for hormone production and fats and proteins are crucial for hormone production. Fats specifically, because we need cholesterol to make hormones and for hormones to function properly. So with ovulation, what we're looking at is your luteinizing hormone and your follicle stimulating hormone. And fat is imperative for that. So if you're on a non-fat, low-fat diet, I'd really be looking at turning that over to a full-fat diet. Now, I'm not saying going out eating takeaways all the time. It's not that type of fat. They're trans fatty acids. And what we're looking at are healthy fats. So we really need a lot of omegas, a lot of essential fatty acids in our diets. And these are easy to come across. The likes of avocado, wild oily fish, eggs, nuts, seeds. It's a whole range of healthy fats out there. But when it comes to our food, it's a good balanced diet. Like we need all the food groups. So we need fats, proteins, carbs. They're our macronutrients. They're there. We need all of them for a purpose. And when it comes to your carbs, I'm always saying, look, go for the option where you're going to get as much nutrients from them as possible. So your carb sources, have them as vegetables. Like all your all your root veggies are imperative for phytochemicals like flavonoids, again, oligomeric paranthocyanidins, steroidal saponins, all are really beneficial for hormone production and function. So having an overall good balanced diet is, is really key. Now, I am a huge believer that you are what you absorb. So making sure that you're you're actually getting these vitamins and minerals from your food. But unfortunately, with the high-paced world that we're living in, a lot of people do have gut issues and they're not actually absorbing the nutrients in their food. So if you're someone who wants to look at the quality of their eggs, looking into supplements will be quite important right now too. Supplements that I would always recommend for for women looking to conceive would be first off a probiotic make sure that your gut health is on point because again if you're not absorbing your nutrients your your body's not going to be functioning properly so a good quality probiotic but then again the antioxidants we want to reduce as much oxidative stress in the system as possible highest forms of antioxidants in supplements will be your coenzyme q10 and then your vitamins a c and e now you can get multivitamins but i'd be really avoiding like the high street shop supplements i'm not going to name any shops but like your supermarket supplements things like that go for good quality brands the brands i always recommend are the likes of biocare or terra nova they have the highest quality of supplements where they're available to the body the body can actually absorb them and they don't have as many fillers as what the likes of your supermarket supplements would have but again it's looking for the that high antioxidant quantity another supplement zinc 
zinc is imperative for ovulatory function and also for cell division and hormone production. Now, the recommended daily allowance for zinc is eight milligrams per day. But if you're someone who has problems with ovarian function, studies have been done that show taking 30 milligrams of zinc a day will improve that ovulatory function and the ovulatory processes. If you're not someone with ovulatory problems, I wouldn't be taking the 30 milligrams. Stick with the recommended daily allowance that 8 to 12 milligrams. 12 is kind of the upper end. And then another supplement that's really important would be your omega-3s. And your omega-3s, because it contains DHA, and that's needed as well for ovulatory function. And it also reduces the the, those non-ovulatory cycles so those months where you don't actually release an egg and again it's the omega-3s it's those essential fatty acids that are needed for the hormone production they're working on the on the pituitary gland on the hypothalamus gland so again fats are so important for the hormones your lh and your fsh then there are loads of herbs that can help too, but I'm not going to start sprouting off a list of herbs here because herbs react differently with everybody. Everybody's body is different. Everybody has different issues. And as a herbalist, we treat the person, not a condition. So what I, if you are looking to improve your egg quality or you're looking to conceive and you want to go down a natural route, I be advising that you get in touch with a, a herbalist, a nutritionist, even an acupuncturist, but don't go self-prescribing herbs because they do have an effect on the system. And as well, if you are going down the lines of IVF, if you're already in fertility treatment, don't go out taking some herb that you read online because it may interfere with that treatment. There are some fertility clinics who work in conjunction with herbalists and as long as they're working together holistically and synergistically, then you can put a plan in place. But don't go out Googling what herbs to take for fertility while you're on fertility treatment, conventional fertility treatment. Get in touch with someone, get in touch with a herbalist and see if there's a plan that can be put in place in conjunction with your your current plan. But also talk to your doctor on that first and see if they're open to it because you don't want to interfere with their course of treatment. Then other factors that are really important is the likes of exercise. Exercise is needed for overall health, wellness, emotional health, physical health, everything. But it's predominantly for circulation and for lymphatic drainage and also for hormone production because exercise helps to release those endorphins, which are going to reduce all your stress hormones. So if you're someone who is quite stressed and anxious all the time, again, I always talk about this. We're looking at the HPA and the HPG axis. So the HPA axis, that's your, your stress response. And your HPG axis is your, is your sex hormone response. So when your HPA axis is in constant go, it's having a knock-on effect on your HPG axis. So you really want to reduce those stress hormones that are circulating through the body. Because as well, stress is causing even more oxidative stress on the body. So that physical degeneration of cells and tissue. So 
choosing exercises, the likes of yoga, Pilates, strength training, a bit of cardio, anything that's going to help one, cardiovascular health and two, hormone health. Strength training and weight training, studies have shown the benefits of it when it comes to hormone production and regulating hormones. But certain types, now I'm not here bashing any exercise type or any exercise group. I love all exercise. I weight train myself. I personally don't like cardio. It's fantastic for you. I just hate doing it, but I have to do it. But the likes of the very, very high intense exercises, um, the likes of CrossFit and then athletics and gymnastics, they're all very harsh on the hormones Like what we see in a lot of athletes, be it athletics, gymnastics, they are the more dominant ones, but also now with CrossFit and bodybuilding, things like that, they're having a direct impact on the hypothalamus and we're seeing a lot of hypothalamic amenorrhea. So it doesn't have to be gentle, gentle exercise, but not so intense where it's having a negative effect on your hormones. And then looking at grounding techniques. So really reducing out that stress, doing the likes of meditation, deep breathing exercises. Once you start in with deep breathing exercises, you're automatically regulating that HPA axis and you're, you're lowering the cortisol and the adrenaline and noradrenaline. So even looking in, studies are showing that even looking at five minutes, <clears throat> five minutes or even less of meditation daily is reducing those stress hormones and regulating back the hypothalamus and pituitary. That's five minutes a day. It's easy to incorporate. And then the last thing that we're looking at are environmental toxins and endocrine disruptors. So environmental toxins, it's everything that's around us really. Um, so from the likes of water bottles and our cosmetics and even the certain types of foods that we're eating they all have an element of chemicals or toxins in them so avoiding plastics because plastics contain bpas and phthalates which are known endocrine disruptors now an endocrine disruptor is something that comes in and knocks off the your your endocrine system so your hormone production. How BPAs and phthalates do this is that they mimic estrogens, so they're known as xenoestrogens. So they're taking, they're latching onto your estrogen receptor cells instead of your actual estrogen, and then you're getting excess estrogen floating around the body. Then you have the likes of herbicides and pesticides that are sprayed on our crops, that are sprayed on our crops, but are also given to our animals in their feed, and what these herbicides and pesticides do is they directly affect or the they directly affect the reproductive organs of pests and the like when you're looking at the likes of fish like when you're looking at farmed fish things like that they're directly affecting the reproductive organs of these pests and then we're actually consuming them so they're having that 
negative effect on our reproductive hormones. Then as well, looking at your cosmetics, just making sure that there are no heavy, heavy metals, heavy chemicals in them, the likes of aluminium or mercury. Because that too is having that degeneration effect on the cells and in the tissues. Other factors to include the likes of smoking, caffeine, alcohol, they all reduce your quality of your eggs. So when you're looking at your food choices, always go for organic poultry if you can, because poultry is pumped with a lot of hormones and antibiotics. Then your again, your wild oily fish, again, because of the feed that they're getting and what they're being sprayed with to kill off sea lice. And then organic grains, because our grains, the crops are sprayed so heavily and the Western diet is pretty heavy in, in grains now I'm not telling you to give up your grains but just be mindful of the quality of the grains that you're choosing always go organic and there's loads of organic options out there now in little Aldi even your local bakeries you can buy organic flowers you can buy different types of flowers they can be spelt there can be rye there can be barley there can be I know of one bakery here in Galway that does organic quinoa flour and you can make your own flowers as well and then with your veg, buying local is really important because when you're going to a local farm or going, now I know there's no farmer's markets at the moment, but going to a local veg producer, you, you can ask exactly what's being used to grow the veg. You can ask what is in the soil, what's in the earth. Have they used herbicides? Have they used pesticides? Have they used organic ones or have they used natural ones? And then there's no cross-contamination through the transit process because the radiation in veg that is being shipped across the world is huge. And that's having an effect on us as also. So even if you are buying organic, if it's not from within Ireland, it's not the, the best quality. It's better than non-organic. But I would always be looking at trying to buy local produce because you can trace everything then. So moral of today's story is to increase your antioxidants, be it through your food and also some supplements, reduce your stress, choose your foods wisely. They don't have to be boring. It's just being mindful of the quality of your foods that you are choosing. And um, one of the main things I want you to go away with today is to stop being afraid stop being afraid of your biological clock stop being afraid of the things that you don't have be that having a, a baby just just yet time is going to pass no matter what but if you spend your time scared anxious worried about not being able to conceive about if you're going to be able to conceive, if you're going to meet someone where you can actually have sex to conceive, you're spending that time in a state of panic instead of spending it in a good place, a happy place, enjoying life. 
one thing I find is that the more that we're grateful for, the more that we see what we have in life, the more the more things come to us. And it's not being grateful to get more. It's just you see everything that you do have. And life becomes a hell of a lot nicer. Like I said, I used to be afraid of my age, of growing older and having to have a kid by a certain time. Now I'm like, no, look, if whenever it happens, it happens. I used to be afraid whether or not I'd be able to conceive. I now know that I can conceive. I just don't know when that's going to happen. And it's learning to let go of that control. Knowing that there is such a thing as divine timing. And things happen when we're really ready for them. So that's this week's episode. And I hope you've enjoyed. And as always, if you liked this episode, please feel free to comment or tag. Tag me in any of your social media posts, anything like that. And I'm also doing a six-week online women's wellness course that's starting on the 2nd of June. And I'm taking 15 women on this for overall health and wellness, just to reduce stress, improve energy, improve sleep, um, reboot the hormones after lockdown. So if this is something that you're interested in, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and just DM me. So happy weekend and happy hormones.